On this episode, life sucks. We finish the band whose chimps are free with candy-coated fury. It's the Real Big Fish finale on Checkered Past, the Scodcast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Past, the Scodcast with Celine and Rob. Buckle in. The show where a uh, naked Gundan calling 33 and a third wave. Mm-hmm. Didn't fuck it up. And a good times, bad time records, and the ugly time scotchine. Explore the history and impact of a different band each episode. Hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and my co-host for today is Engineer Joey. Okay. Yeah. Movies? Mm-hmm. Was that it? The third. Oh, the third the movie. Third the movie. third movie. The third movie. Okay. Naked Gun yeah. 33 and yes, a third. Yes, yes, yes. Naked Gundan Calling, I was very happy about. Yeah, that's that's very good. And then The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which yeah. is the third movie. What are the other two? That was it. No, no, the, the th- of that trilogy. The oh, Fistful, uh, of, Fistful dollars. of Dollars and... Which, what is it? A few Dollars More. A Few Dollars ah, More. Few there dollars. we go. There okay. We go. Now, now the... Phantom voice will leave for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's it going, Joey? You're not Celine. No, I'm not Celine. Uh, Celine is busy doing business stuff. She's doing her salon, uh, opening a new location of her salon. So she's busy. And I just ate some eggs Benedict. And I'm here. And I'm not busy. <laughs> Unrelated items. <laughs> I'm just letting you know how the day's going. So for uh, eagle-eared listeners, will notice that Celine is absent for the last couple records and will be for the next couple uh, while she moves her salon. So we're going to have some guest co-hosts. Yeah, Joey's been on for this one and the previous one. And uh, we'll have some more fun ones. Uh, editor Ariane will be on for a future episode. A debut. Yeah. First time on pod. First time on pod. And, uh, and then Chris. Chris Rees, our Scott associate producer, will be on for an episode. That's so. going to be a very fun episode. Yeah, he will not be here in person. Although uh, that would be fun. We we can make him. He's got to drive. He's got to drive. Yeah. If we can do it to go to his city, <laughs> yeah. he can do it to come to I our mean, city. We flew, but he can drive. <laughs> he can take a boat. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Doesn't the uh, Bow River turn into the Mississippi? He can figure it out. Oh, in that case, yeah, he's good. Get yourself a 15-foot Lund with a little engine on the back there, Chris, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Oh, my. Did you just drop in some, like, small part motor? I, I don't know. We don't <laughs> fucking work at boats. On, we don't work on boats at my work. I had I had the thought to one time ask you, like, if you did work on, like, outboard motors. We do. Oh, if you work on outboard motors, yeah. do you have to pull, like, spit shells out? Um. So, usually with boat motors, whether they're outboard or inboard, uh, people just bring in their busted shit that they want to get that part fixed. Oh. Nobody brings in the whole fucking oh, motor, unfortunately. Uh, people do that with a sled motor and sometimes with like a side-by-side or whatever, but uh, but not with boats. For some reason, boat people are a very specific kind of weird duck, and they will take their own boat engine apart. And then they'll leave it in their garage for like two years, and then they'll bring it in for us to work on. <laughs> now, now I also feel weird. Is Spitz? Uh, is that a Canadian thing? 
Oh, it might be yeah, brand sunflower seeds. <laughs> sunflower seeds. To sunflower seeds. <laughs> Not just someone like spitting like a spittoon into their boat. I just engine. think that like your your aluminum boat comes with like a bag of spits. That's the only time I ever see somebody eating them is sitting on a boat somewhere. That's the only time. Yeah. Well, maybe in a truck. Definitely. Yeah. In a truck. Okay. Trucks sure. and out and outboard motor aluminum boats. I mean, how are the fish going to be attracted to your boat to come eat your hook and worm or whatever if you're not Leech. throwing sunflower seeds off of the boat? Yeah. Right? You got it. Right. You want to pick it up where we left off? Sure. Pick it up, pick it up. Where we left off? Pick it up, pick it up. Where we left off? We are delighted to introduce our guest. He's the saxophonist for New Jersey Nerdwave Ska Band, Backyard Superheroes, and the co-host of Fellow Ska Pod on the Upbeat. Gary Mastriano is here. Hi, Gary. Hello, guys. How are you? I'm wonderful. Fantastic. So we've opened up with the most important question of all. Gary, what is your history with ska music, your checkered past, if you will? It's brand new to me. I don't know anything about ska. Thanks for having me on. Um, I have been listening- God, we got to do that one time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> have somebody who doesn't know, like, I don't know who you guys are, yeah. what we're talking yeah. about, where am I? What's a ska? Yeah, no, I um, I've been listening to and playing in ska bands for a long time. I went to my first ska show when I was fourteen, which was in the year two thousand, and I saw a band called uh, Spit Valves. Have you guys ever heard of the Spit Valves? The Spit Valves, yeah, heard of through the pod. Ska boobity bobbity bobbity ska. That is their song, right? Yes. Yeah. The fan us fans call it ska boobies because you know that, that was what yeah. you could. Uh, abbreviate that too but i saw them at a, a firehouse show in new jersey which was a thing that used to happen all the time and i was like well this is really cool this band is like you know has marching band instruments and is is pretty neat and i played saxophone so i'm like let's let's get into this and then uh I, the actual first ska song i think i ever heard was um still the greatest ska song ever written in your horoscope for today by weird al on yeah. running scissors album <laughs> <laughs> which i got because of star wars of course because it had the um the saga begins song on there and then i listened to that album oh, yeah and, yeah and had your your horoscope for today and i didn't know at the time that was a ska song with real big fish playing on it that's correct i think yeah. you mentioned that on the show too i believe so Oh yeah, yeah can we put true. that on the on the yeah. pod at one point. Yeah, yeah. We, we play, we listen to. <laughs> we it. also listen yeah. to that song on here. <laughs> that song rips. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Albuquerque so, was on that album too, right? Albuquerque, grapefruit diet. Um, great great grapefruit diet's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good record. I, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, I should I should listen to that one again. <laughs> In the Weird Al circles, which there's a good Venn diagram with like ska circles as well, right? Um, people don't really like that album, but I think it's his best album. It's very good. I, I I mean that's when I got into it as well. I was not eight, like the '80s Weird Al. I would I would have missed all, because I was too young. So it wasn't until you know your like Amish paradises of the world sure. came around. Like so that's that's my era. I was right all, through, right I was cool already hat. old school when uh, when Amish Paradise came out because I one of my first couple of tapes was UHF. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I want to say Greatest Hits Volume two yeah. and then i went back and got his greatest hits volume one mm. but that all came out at the same time alapalooza came out so oh. and, and i had the alapalooza tape as well so that i got into weird out at that point but i had an older stepbrother who was like into punk rock uh and i think he was the one that was like you'll like weird al and then i was like oh yeah i love weird al <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also fun side note weird al uh would come on to canada's mtv called much music like 
once a year or something in the 90s. And he would just have Al TV where he just took over programming for the whole day. And he would play really weird music videos and do all these like sketches and bits and stuff. Um, and so like I would watch that every time it was on and they would rerun it maybe once a year or something like that when they had nothing else to put on. Uh, but I just found out recently that you can find all of them on YouTube and people have edited out all the music videos. So you can just watch all of the bits like back to back to back. So excellent. if you're looking for some weird out content, that's hilariously nineties, check it out. Um, so after that show, I was pretty much hooked and uh, started my first ska band, which is called get ready for it guys. Beam me up. Scotty S K A T T Y. Very Best Star Trek instead of Star Wars. Wow. Well, <laughs> you could like both. That's that's a common misconception. It's okay to like both things. Yeah. <laughs> I like both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just I've been playing in ska bands ever since. Um, I've been in backyard superheroes now for eleven years. Uh, I was the, one of the founding members, and I'm played in a bunch of other bands. I think I'm, my band count right now is twenty five bands that I played in in twenty years or so, um, including including Inspector Seven, who I know you guys talked about uh, with my friends Jokers Republic. But I played in that band for a while too. So. You know, I guess I kind of like Ska. <laughs> How is hanging out with Inspector 7? Are they intense? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I they definitely felt out of place you. there. <laughs> I de- my um, fights? Uh, so here's <laughs> a fun story. My, um, you know, I'm a pretty nerdy guy. I didn't really fit in with that crew as much. We played a show down in Baltimore. And my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, came with me. and um, this was the day after Backyard Superheroes had played a show with the Pie Tasters. That's for context, because that's going to come back in a second. So we're playing this show down in Baltimore. The bass player of the Pie Tasters goes and hits on my girlfriend for the second time in two days, because she was he was he's notorious for that. He's actually in a Boston song. They talk about that, believe it or not. Um, and uh, there was a big uh, skinhead fight in the the pit, like that erupted around my girlfriend, who was just trying to stand there watching me play and. Uh, she talks about that every single day as one of the scariest experiences of her life. Skinheads battling in the Wild. pit. Yeah. 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 Around you. Her, gotta, like she's kind of stuck yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You got to run. <laughs> That's yeah. what I learned. Yeah. I was at a show. Uh, so there's there's a ska band in Calgary called the No Reason Boners. They're, they're not around anymore. The Nerbs. <laughs> Do I have oh, that? I kind of love oh, that yeah. name. It's ridiculous. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 They're, my, they're uh, Ariane's friends band. Uh, they're, they're, uh, most of them are uh, were in X-ray Cat after, so okay. okay. Um, and uh, so they had a reunion show down in Calgary that we drove down for, and um, definitely uh, a lot of fighting happening. And I'm not sure why, because they were not. I wouldn't call them the most like intense ska band ever. Uh, they're like Op Ivy adjacent, t- that kind of like no horn style. Um, but the the skinhead ladies came out to to fight like big time <laughs> like the pixie cuts were running wild like and then multiple times there's two of them found their way next to me and would fight through me like as if i wasn't actually standing there and so like i would get like jostled in between both of them like and i'd, I'd be like okay i gotta get out of here these ladies are gonna kill me and then I would go to the other side of the pit and somehow they'd find their way back there and start fighting again. And I'm just like, okay, like, I know, pick, a, pick a place to fight. I know weird conservative people like to call people NPCs as like a derogatory term, but you were like literally an NPC in that yeah. situation. I'm you were just standing there. What was the name of that many, band? The, the No Reason, no reason boners. boners. Yeah. 
So I'll tell you my 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 ska obsession. When you said that, the first thing I heard was I need to find out more about that band because like <laughs> my my deal is like I want to listen to every. I don't want to use the word bad because I don't think they're bad, but every just like third wave ska band that started in the late nineties, early two thousands with out of tune horns and people who didn't know how to play their instruments. That's my jam. That right there is my type of music. Like Scott, ska, like ska King like, Crab. Yeah. That type of stuff. Like that yeah, is I that, I, the weirder, the worse for lack of a better term, the ska band. That's I was in a band called be me up Scotty. Okay. Like that's yeah. my jam. <laughs> Bun- bunch of believers. That's my oh punching yeah. Bag. Yeah. That's yeah. My punching yeah. Bag band. Uh, yeah. so, uh, bad. Bad. <laughs> uh, what, which one, okay. So you go and you listen to these like obscure kind of like not, maybe not for the better word, great bands who, who surprised you the most going in and you're like, actually really good. Have you guys ever heard of the band, the loose nuts? No, no. So what they're, what they're kind of known for is they have a song on the American pie soundtrack, the first American pie soundtrack. Okay. Um, they have the first song on that album. It's called Wishin'. It is a this is just a fantastic third wave ska song. I would put it up there in like a top ten third wave ska song. Their stuff's not on any streaming service. I have one of their CDs. You can find it on YouTube. But that's a band like I I revisit a lot because they were just they're really fun. And that song is really really good. Awesome. I never would have guessed. I don't know if I could name a song off the American Pie soundtrack. <laughs> Damn uh, Goldfinger has a song on there. Blink-182. It's a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that lit song it, on it, it too? It damn it, yeah. I think it's Damn It. And I'm pretty sure my own worst enemy is on that. Wow. That that feels 90s, but then that movie feels 2000s. No, that was movie 99. was definitely 90. Yeah, 98, oh, 99. 99 for sure. Yeah, on the cusp. On the cusp. On the cusp. Yeah. Might as well be 2000. Am I right? Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, so I guess my next question for you would be, uh, how did you get hooked up with the On the Upbeat crew? Uh, I was kind of looking for Scott podcasts when they very they first started. I saw them post about it and um, was a fan, kind of messaged those guys, said, hey, I like what you're doing. I knew RJ from, he would, did 23 Minutes of Scott and he does the Backyard Superhero stuff there and I interviewed, did an interview with him. So they're like, hey, you know, why don't you come uh, on the show? And they, I guess they liked me and they're like, you're pretty entertaining. And then I do an annual um, Christmas charity compilation album or Christmas charity um, show. And I asked them if they wanted to help me out with that. And that's kind of how we kind of started working together. That's awesome. And how long have you been with them for? Uh, Just two years. And I'm not uh, regularly on because sometimes dad duty gets in the way. They're all based in California and I'm based in New Jersey. So it's difficult for us to align schedules sometimes. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally our life. Like nobody is near us. I don't even think anybody's been in Mountain Standard Time uh since we started doing this. Like <laughs> everything is out of out of our uh out of our wheelhouse. Um so and with uh with Backyard Superheroes, I know you had uh MC Lars on a track one time. Uh how that was uh so big big deal for me, big Lars fan. Uh, we actually yep. did an, an episode uh, sort of about MC Lars at one point. Uh, he had messaged us a little while ago because uh, he thought he promised to be on the podcast, but he he didn't. <laughs> he just thought he did. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll track my interactions yeah. with him. That's, that tracks. <laughs> um, how how was that? How did you get hooked up with uh, with Lars, and how was that experience? We just asked him. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just said, "Hey, you want to like?" Because we had we had a we we like to have some some rap parts in some of our songs, and we're like, "What if we ask MC Lars? What what's the worst that happens?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." 
Um, so I need to put the, uh, a verse down for us on our, our song, What If, and we love it. It's really fun. Um, and then we're like, hey, like, we're doing a music video for this too. Can you like do your part? And he took a long time to do it. And then when he actually did it, you could tell he's just like reading off his phone because he kind of probably forgot that he had to do it. But it's all good. <laughs> and it, was, uh, it was fun to have him on there. And it's one of the coolest things that we've done so far. That's cool. What's, what's uh, next on the docket for Backyard Superhero, speaking of which? So we are um, in the process of uh, recording our next album. And there's some really cool content and, and details about that album that I can't share yet of how we're going to be releasing that and what that's going to look like and who we're working with. But um, really happy about it. It's uh, 10 tracks and it's going to be super fun. Uh, a little bit different style than us than we've done in the past. I would say Glam Rock Sky is probably the theme of the album. And that's uh, lines with Real Big Fish, which is what we're going to talk about. It, so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or or we did uh, Suburban Legends recently. Definitely yep. in yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um that's awesome. And the oh the other thing I was gonna say is uh when we first started, we did an episode uh on the techniques uh with a uh, former member Bex was uh doing it at the time. Uh I believe you were supposed to be on that episode as well. It was, yeah. Yeah. And for whatever, you know, the schedule didn't line up properly. Um, I, I think the techniques was your choice is what I remember her saying. It uh, was not at all because I've never heard okay. of that band. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Might have been another member too. Uh, sure. Do you have any thoughts, just to like close the, the chapter on that, what are your thoughts on the techniques and how do you feel about voodoo spliffs? <laughs> voodoo spliffs <laughs> is the important part. I don't feel about voodoo spliffs and um, the techniques. <laughs> Honestly, other than that episode that I listened to with Bex on it, I don't think I've ever listened to them other than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I listen Basically, to a lot of stuff. There's still some that I probably haven't heard, I'm sure. I literally never listened to them outside of maybe a, a compilation before we did that. I was like, all right, a challenge. A challenge accepted. What a story, though. One of the more fun oh, yeah, researched sure. episodes I've ever done. What a wild tale. Holy yeah. smokes. That the voodoo spliff story or the whatever, what's his name, getting shot five times in his <laughs> recording studio. Yeah, that was pretty wild. All too. all amazing stories. Uh yeah, we gotta do more of those again. <laughs> uh we can tie it all back. So Real Big Fish was the band uh, of choice for this episode. Uh what's the significance with them and uh why did you want to talk about them? Well, they're my favorite band, um, just my favorite band ever. I have a Real Big Fish tattoo. I'm wearing a, a Real Big Fish cover band t-shirt today. That tells you how much I like them. <laughs> but I know a Real Big Fish cover band, and I'm friends with them. I've seen them 40 times. Um, wow. I've seen them a bunch of times. Yeah, I've seen them in four different countries, or three different countries, and uh, 20 different states. So pretty cool experience. I really just really like the band, you know. Um, one of the first bands I got into when I liked Scott, when I first learned about Scott, first song I heard was She Has a Girlfriend Now, which was on like a mixtape somebody made me. I'm like, oh, this is fun. And I was a teenager, so that type of humor appealed to me. Um, and just really, really loved the band and, and got to know them uh, personally and friends with some of the guys in the band, big fan of them. And I don't think a day goes by that I don't listen to a Real Big Fish song too. Were you already a fan before you saw Basketball? And when you saw them, were you really excited? <laughs> I, um, no, no, cause I, I think I did see baseball when it first came out, uh, it was at 97 and, uh, I was like, oh, there's a band in this, but I didn't know about Scott at the time. So, um, 
I don't really like basketball as a movie, honestly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> That's fair. It's real fucking stupid. Yeah, it's not a movie I really <laughs> watch very I watch the real big fish parts and I'm like, all right, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> Uh, I, I think we were talking because Joey was over playing board games last night. And I think <laughs> we said Trey Parker and Matt Stone seem like the kind of guys that'd be upset about PC culture still. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I was never a South Park fan either, believe it or not. Like I was like everybody else who liked that first season in the movie. And then I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't need to watch anymore. Yeah. I think right up to about the movie. Me too. I like at that point, I just, I don't know if I got more into music than into TV or what, but I, yeah, I kind of dropped it at that point and never went back. Americans like to talk about the South Park movie. Like we in Canada know a lot about it because it features Canada. <laughs> it does. <laughs> That's what usually my, my response is, is like, yeah, Canada's there, I guess. Is South Park not a, is South Park not as big in Canada as it is? In oh no, America? it's, it's pretty big. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, it, uh, but I'd say like, Definitely in the last decade or so, it's less so with the merch and stuff and more so with people who have been watching it just keep on watching it. You know, like it's it's not like a phenomenon like it was for a long time. It's like family guy, like people who are like really into yeah. it are just still really Simpsons, into it. Right, yeah. Simpsons the same way. Yeah, yeah. totally. Although totally. Simpsons feels like the punching bags, like a lot of time is like people will still want to there's still people watching it but for the most part people are like oh new stuff's not as good as the old stuff and i'm just like i've never i haven't seen an a new well, episode in probably 15 years and yeah it's funny you say new stuff's not as good as the old stuff because guess what we're talking about today <laughs> right? new real big fish stuff that people <laughs> do not like <laughs> you uh so are you caught up on our real big fish episodes up to this point so yeah we i did. think you guys covered yeah. through we're not happy till you're not happy right that's right. And yeah. um, I want to, I just want to go on record. Cheer up is my favorite album in any genre of all time. I think cheer up is their best album. And um, I, re if I recall correctly, there were some mixed feelings on that album when you guys talked about it. Devin was a big fan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Selin <laughs> was not. <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was mid. <laughs> I think I said it drops off a cliff around track 11 or 12. <laughs> and, the variety uh, on that album. That's my Desert Island album because you want an acapella song? There you go. You want a hair metal song? There you go. You want a drunk <laughs> ballad? That's the best song the band ever did? There you go. A <laughs> little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. And yep. And uh, our first, so I guess this is, uh, we might as well just do it. Let's let's hop in the time, Scott Sheen. We're getting started. Let's do it. All right. So this is it. This is part three of our trilogy of Real Big Fish. We, uh... Every year we've done a Real Big Fish episode of our existence. Year one, we did th uh, the part one with third rates, which was uh, every we did Everything Sucks all the way through uh, Why Do They Rock So Hard? And then Devin K of the Solutions was on last year for Cheer Up and We're Not Happy and Forces of Evil. Right. And... Uh, that was one of our top five voted episodes on our best of last year. I can't, I can't remember where it plays, but it was, it was a lot of yelling. Yeah, it was a lot of yelling. It was a yelly episode, but apparently that's what people come for. <laughs> uh, not sure there's going to be as much yelling this time around. Doesn't feel the energy doesn't feel yelly. No, <laughs> I might get a little uh, bit offensive, but I don't know where you guys stand on some of these albums. So <laughs> that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know this is going to be Joey's first foray into most of, if not all three of the records we'll talk about today. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had heard bits and pieces throughout, but this is my first time objectively listening to these three albums for sure. And uh, I'm old hat. Yeah, I, I had my <laughs> opinions going in, so I'm good. <laughs> uh, so I, I encourage listeners if you haven't listened to part one and part two, now's a good time to take hit pause and go back and do your research. Um, but just to catch you up, here's what we talked about previously on CPSC. So, Real Big Fish started in 1991 as a hair metal cover band, released self self released 1995's Everything Sucks, which became a cult classic and got them featured on The Misfits of Ska. The classic lineup was Aaron Barrett on vocals and guitar, Matt Wong on the bass, Andrew Gonzalez on the drums, Scott Klopfenstein on the trumpet and vocals, Grant Barry on the trombone. Tavis Wirtz on the trumpet, and Dan Regan on the trombone. They signed to Jive Records and released Turn the Radio Off in 1996, produced by Oingo Boingo's John Avila. The first single, Sellout, took a year to get popular and began charting in 1997. Went right back to the drawing board to release 1998's Arena Rock Influenced Why Do They Rock So Hard, failing to meet their label expectations. They were in basketball, exclamation mark. Andrew Grant and Tavis all leave, being replaced by Carlos De La Garza and Tyler Jones. They recorded Cheer Up in 2001 with Val Gary and has mixed feelings about the songs. <laughs> Aaron found uh, force, founded Forces of Evil, believing Real Big Fish was dead in the water and was too far removed from Ska. Uh, was convinced to come back to Real Big Fish and channel his emotions to a new album. With Carlos and Tyler leaving, being replaced by Forces of Evil members Little Johnny Christmas and Justin Ferreira to record We're Not Happy Till You're Not Happy in 2005. And that brings us to 2006, where the episode kicks off today. Um, it's good uh, that we have uh, you on the episode, Gary, because up to this point, there was uh, no saxophones in the band. <laughs> and then so. there's a saxophone coming soon, right? Yeah, there's a saxophone coming soon. Oh, and you said, uh, you said the classic lineup of Real Big Fish. We won't be talking about any of those people today. <laughs> yeah, pretty much not. And we we talked about this on our Discord. Every time I bring up Real Big Fish, our Discord has a lot of strong opinions. Uh, we'll get to it, but the Ben of Mini Vandal, former guest, uh, his favorite lineup is coming up, which he believes is the classic lineup for him. So I feel like everybody's got their own kind of like era that they go to. Yeah. But I mean... You know, if we the, starting in 2006, if you want to say classic lineup, that's my classic lineup. The live album uh, lineup is probably my classic lineup when you had Scott that, and Johnny Christmas there. A hundred percent. That's what he said, too. And Dan yep. was still in there on Bone. Yep. Dan. That's, yep. You always lock. <laughs> everyone's always locked in on what the horn section was. I find like that's like the key. The rest of the band can be whatever, but that horn well, section. I mean, is... the, the bass, <laughs> oh, yeah. Matt Wong is a very Matt. beloved bass player. Um, mm-hmm. Although Derek is great too. I, I, I don't really have any preferences of the band people, but Matt Wong, I feel like people got really attached to him too. It was such a big deal uh, when he, uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, so, <laughs> let's, we're just getting all uh, emotional about all the lineup changes. Order. Yeah. Stay, stay with the, the concept of order. the show, Rob. Uh, the, so, 2006, the band is hot on tour and is in Salt Lake City, Utah. The phone rings and their rep at Jive has some sobering news. They're being dropped. Little did the label know that this was the best news Real Big Fish could ask for. They were currently on a mostly self-curated tour following a lot of work on MySpace to promote their album without any label backing. As Aaron puts it, happiness was instantly in the air. Here's what Dan said. For us, it's a balancing act because as an artist, the natural state is to progress. 
try new things and expand. But one of the reasons we have been around for 20 years is that to keep flying this flag of being a ska punk band, we've always felt this affinity that someone needs to be flying this ska band flag as people jump off and on the bandwagon. We feel a real sense of responsibility to keep it going. They've been touring relentlessly and decided to record some material, which they self-released with the help from Rock Ridge Music, as the distinctly titled, Our Live Album is Better Than Your Live Album, which we will save to discuss at another time, uh, just because of the sake of uh, time. But we'll, eh, you know what, we'll talk about it a little bit. I just don't have any songs for it. This is the best Real Big Fish album. Hard Stop <laughs> is the, the live album. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to disagree with that. It's excellent. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the best best of they've done, of the 50 best ofs that they have um everything there's a, a one pretty tasteless joke in there uh but aside from that everything's pretty good uh and it's the best versions of every song that they have um they get a little bit of the banter in there i know and it's two two records long which is like enough to get through everything with Plus a dvd with a dvd with different track listing on the dvd and with two commentaries uh, and uh that's fun and yeah. ali from Zebrahead doing their cover of the Ivy cover, yeah, Unity. and yeah. that's amazing. That's on the on the DVD, and they do the SR thing where they do all the different types of uh, SR, uh, which is a classic time at a real big fish show. Getting it, you know, put onto a live recording was amazing. Uh, it's incredible. Jo- Joey, have you listened to the live record? I didn't give it to you. To I listen have not. To. I don't think I've ever heard the live record. It's it the is. one to listen to, right? It's it's yeah. what you would give someone and be like, here, here's Real Big like Fish. It That's it, yeah. And if, I, you, if you hate the live record, you hate Real Big Fish. That's I, like I'm the real hot and cold on live records, generally speaking. Um, there are some where I'm like, they, they should have just put all their music out like this. And then there are other ones where I'm like, why did they waste their time recording this shit? And I, I'm definitely like really hot or really cold one way or the other so if you're saying this is a good one then i'd probably yeah, be it's the one it. to listen to it's great yeah it's three years after their live dvd on the on the kung fu dvds those uh right. show must go off ones yeah uh, i don't which, think as much yeah. i'll be honest it's 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 well we talked about on the previous uh yeah. it's a famously bad set like they did and they they admit it and when you listen to the commentary back on that they talk about what a what a bad night that was and how poorly they were playing like the whole time uh which makes the commentary incredible uh that's but kind of, that's kind of the fun of real big fish though is they're very self-aware yeah yeah for sure yep and and that was and those are good moments like that's a good moment in time too because the uh you know the banter between scott and and aaron is always kind of like a classic uh part of their time you know before not get him jumping ahead before Scott leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, hearing that is always just like a, a, a real treat. Um, but yeah, that li- that goes up there with like, let's see, my favorite Ska live albums would be like the special AKA live, the, the specials live EP and the, the boss tones one live in the middle East, which are all excellent Ska live records. Might be missing some. What is a live record you like, Joey? If you're hot and cold, fucking Fandango's Easy Top, my friend. Half <laughs> Ooh, of that record is one. live, and they're fu- there's a song on there called Backdoor Medley, and it's like three or four songs that are all kind of mashed together, but it, it goes on for like seven and a half or eight minutes, and mm. it has a whole section where they speed it up. And the drumming turns into like the no effects, like heel toe fast, like punk rock beat 
for probably a solid three minutes and they just say like they just do that like along to the beat back and forth and it's hilarious but it's the first instance in which i can think of where that beat at that speed is being played even though it's not really well i guess they, they were a pretty punk rock band for their time but it's so not it's really like not a punk. invented punk is what you're saying and i'm on board i think with so I'm board i think with so yeah. i'm yeah. pretty sure yeah Th- that particular beat like the skate punk no effects yeah 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 heel toe beat for sure and this is when they had a drummer right not when they did 808s for the in the 80s they still had him i think he got oh, yeah. paid he just didn't do anything <laughs> frank, i think frank beard the drummer yeah, frank, frank beard. beard yeah the, yeah the only one without a beard that's <laughs> how you remember his last name is beard exactly yep <laughs> all right and then um in true Major label pissant fashion. A few months later, Jive cobbled together a nonsensical greatest hits album titled Greatest Hit and More. I... <laughs> so lazy. <laughs> greatest hits and more. Greatest, oh, greatest hit. hit. One. And... One hit. Right. I mean, I have it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the band had nothing to do with it. <laughs> that was that Fair. was the label just cobbling together. It was like, oh, we have rights to the song, so let's put it all out. Let's put them out. Uh so we were trying to play a catch-up game, but we could never catch up. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes we don't get paid. Aaron had to put his house in order to keep the band going when we were making the live record. So in 2007, the band also released a split with Zoloft the Rock and Roll Destroyer before hitting the studio to record their first official independent full-length in over a decade. Uh, I like that split. That's a good one. I actually realized I should have put on, because uh, I like their cover of uh, uh, Ugly Bitch, the Fishbone song. You didn't say That's the name good. of it, which is Duet All Night Long. which is Duet All Night Long. Chef's yeah. Kiss. Chef's Kiss. <laughs> a pretty, a pretty solid. And Zoloft the Rock and Roll Destroyer rule. They're really they good. They are very, very good, yeah. And that fun, that's a fun little EP. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's what, six songs? I think Yeah, maybe yep. a little bit yep. more. But three, yeah. from each, no. three from each band. Three from each, right? Yeah, and one cover each. Yeah. Uh, and they were all like dual vocaling. That's which a great was a format. I love that format yeah. for an EP. Six songs, three by each band, one band, and each band does one cover. And that's a fantastic. And they were, they're all, all six songs are covers. All six songs are covers. Oh, they were all covers, right? Oh. Yeah. And they were, we're doing uh, dual vocals on all of the songs, oh, which that's was also fun. Very, very so, fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun little concept. Yeah, that was when they were really like they had a hand down, you know, in, in the best way possible. Like they were elevating bands with them. Like once they left the label, it was more like, Hey, like who can we bring with us? It was like, not just their friends, but smaller bands that they wanted to promote and bring with them, which is oh, always yeah. a huge positive. Can, I, can, can I make a quick comment on that? Yeah. yeah. So real big, like we'll probably talk about it. They get a lot of flack in the ska scene. Um, but of the bigger ska bands, they're the one I could think of that does that more than anybody else. They take a we, lot of yeah. lot of young bands around uh, on the road. Um, you know, they've been very gracious to even my band, but I can think of so many bands I've seen open for them. I can, I'm not going to name other bands that don't do that, but there's bands that I I know of very big ska bands who refuse to even play with other ska bands. So like really uh, fish pops to them. Yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. there's one there's, that we yeah. we called out on an episode that we had to take down for reasons I don't want to get into. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> one from the it. state that I'm from that is like that too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm familiar yeah. with that band too yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're definitely not listening so no. <laughs> whereas i found out the other one was <laughs> oh wow but real big fish is, is great for that and they get a lot of flack from people but they they do a lot for the scene for sure okay their first official um independent full length in over a decade is 
Monkeys for Nothing and the Chimps for Free, which is a pun on the Dire Straits song, Money for Nothing and the Chicks for Free. Did you catch that one, Joey? I did. Okay. How do you feel about Dire Straits? Uh, I My dad was a big Mark Knopfler guy, <laughs> so I, I actually have listened my to quite dad. a lot of uh, Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits adjacent things. And he's, a good, he's a good guitar player. Yeah, if you want some, if you're really into listening to some boring ass songs with some insane <laughs> guitar playing, that's yeah, yeah. Mark Knopfler for you. It, uh, also, Rising Force. <laughs> that's also, also, yeah, a lot of a lot of guitar heavy music. Uh, so the album featured two halves. The first was called Monkeys, and it's all brand new songs. And the other side was Chimps, which is all re-recordings of some of their songs from before they were famous generally well received on release as a return to more silly fare with lyrics about girls and the f word uh with bigger helping of ska than before also marked the true beginning of Eric barrett being the sole aaron barrett maybe i should pronounce things properly being the sole producer for the band's releases okay that contextualizes yeah. a lot of this album for me yeah now I, I understand it a little bit better let's chat about it let's play the first track party down nothing to do with the tv show that is actually a disappointing i probably would love this song a lot more if it was about party down the tv show (laughs) would have been right around the same time no Uh, oh was it i will confirm this while we listen to this with the woohoos Money crowd, living large in space. 2009 for the TV oh, show. So, so two, this would have been a little earlier. So they based yeah. it on this song. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. Rob, what's his, the guy? Who's the creator? Rob Thomas, right? So, yeah, the guy from Matchbox. Yeah, from Matchbox yeah. Yeah, 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 that, that Rob Twain. Rob Thomas. Yeah, that's gotta be confusing. That's how he got hooked up with the Always Sunny folks because he had done Party Down. <laughs> The backing vocals are ridiculous and fun in this song. Like, just, like, falsettos for no reason and stuff. It's good. So this this album came out at a, at a good time for me because I was desperate for more Real Big Fish music because I was in my band and, uh, and you know, the the live record had come out. We all loved it so much. And we're just like, whatever new material comes out is going to be the best real big fish album that's ever come out. And then it's like 10 new songs, then just 10 old songs. And you're like, Oh, oh, okay. This is pretty good. (laughs) But it was like, I'll be honest. A lot of people were really jazzed on it. Uh, This one, and this one's a whiff for me. That particular song. Uh, friend and music maker of the pod, Keelan, was listening to it quite a bit at the time. So I remember hearing that first song that has all the little bits from different genres and stuff. Uh, and so that CD must have been on. Um, but when I listened to it objectively this time, um, after you explained that it was half old songs and half new songs, yeah, it made a lot more sense because one of my biggest issues with this record was that. I was like, how fucking old are these guys? And why are they still singing songs about my high school girlfriend? <laughs> and that was like a good, like half of the songs. And sure. 
And we had talked about how some of the subject matter previously was not, doesn't put paint women in the greatest light. Yeah. And there are some songs on this album that continue that trend. But now I am realizing that it was a boomerang. It was going back to that trend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and that was one of my biggest issues with this record. I I, I really hated a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the lyrics, to be honest. I, I was I, I liked a lot of the songs, like the way the songs were put together and the sound, but a lot of the lyrical content on this record was not doing it for me personally. How does where does uh where does this record rank for you, Gary? How do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, my story is similar to yours, Rob, where I was just so hyped for this to come out. Um, I remember sitting outside the Barnes and Noble by my house and waiting for them to open so I can go buy this. Um, and I was in love with it at first, but I don't think it has aged well. And I think that uh, it's probably near the bottom of Real Big Fish Records for me. There's a lot of filler you can probably cut out to make a, a much stronger record. Yeah. I don't think all the old songs are bad. Um, I think the ones I have a problem with are like, everybody's drunk and please don't tell her I have a girlfriend. Those songs just don't work for me. They don't really do anything for me. And you know, we're, we'll talk about the next two albums have a, a much different feel to them because it's, it has all, everything has to do with Aaron's state of mind at the time he writes sure. the album. Yes. Because he always 100%. says that like, um, I write what I know right now. Like he doesn't, it's not a forward thinking or pa- backwards thinking is what's the present. Right. Yeah. And he writes everything basically like they all strap their, their, their songwriting to his songs. Um, and I think at this time it's just, Oh, also he doesn't cut filler. We also talked about that before. Talk, yeah, oh, yeah. Does all not the cut albums songs. are too long. All of them <laughs> yeah. are too long. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that this time, you know, coming off of the past pissed off record that they just did, Going so going independent, doing like like two hundred shows a year for like two years straight, and there was just um, it was all just like tour mode. Still, there wasn't really a lot to talk about. I hate to say, so like the first song is just about partying, and yeah. then the next song is about the f word, right? Uh, and it's like okay, it's just there's not a lot of connective tissue here to make it really a strong concept. I will say, you mentioned that everybody's drunk song and i i hated that too that i was like <laughs> like uh, again if this was if that song if i saw that song being played at a dive by one of those bands that you mentioned that has a really yeah. terrible name that only put an album out one time in 2008 it would probably be funny and i would laugh about it sure but when it's guys that have like been doing this for 30 years at this point it just seemed really silly and juvenile to me like and I like that type of shit, but it in this situation, it didn't work. However, there's one moment in that song where he says beer in the line and then somebody drunkenly goes, woohoo, and that yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> I, I liked that. Um, uh, the should, best song, on this, okay, the best song on this record is actually not on this record. Um, it's the Bang the Mouse Exploded. Have you guys heard that song? Yeah, isn't that on the, on the iTunes version? On the iTunes version, yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like a top five Real Big Fish song, in my opinion. That's I don't know why they cut it, because it's very good. Weird. It would have blown the album up to like 21 songs or something, probably. <laughs> could have cut half the song <laughs> to put that on there. That song is very good. We should we should play another FU song, because that's the one that they still play. To their credit, they barely play any of these songs live. Like, yeah. in, I mean, I haven't seen hey, them kids. in a it's few years, but like they don't generally play a lot off I also don't love this song. This song I don't like. 
It's the one that they... I do hear them still play it. Well, yeah, I, I, there's a feel to it, right? And it's a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's easy to stick into a set for a quick laugh. You know what I mean? And the horns like, plan, so as a horn player, it's nice to have a couple minute break. Yeah, like, I feel like this is a real, like, uh, like a family reunion moment. Like, Blink-182's Blink Blink family reunion is just such a stupid, quick song, you know? But when I you see also them, like, it's awesome. Yeah, right? But it's, like, you know, like, nothing. I think they were trying to, like, recapture the, the fun of nothing. Or, yeah. like, a song where they swear a lot in the old days kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. It is nice to have Johnny Christmas. You can hear him in the screamy parts. Yeah, fuck you. All right, that was fine. I do want to say, as 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 goofy and and not great as this album is, uh, again, Scott's like background vocals are just on point. They're so good. Oh yeah, you know you you miss you and like not to like (laughs) lament it, but you 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 start to miss it after this one. I I did not. Uh, I wasn't aware of Scott's solo work until we had gone to SBI Fest, mm-hmm. and then having oh, you saw seen, Man Band, right? Yeah. yeah, and then having seen them and mm-hmm. uh, and hearing him sing, now his voice is so distinctive to me that going back and listening to these, I can really hear his stuff more. Like mm-hmm. he, he's more of a standout member of the band to me now, yeah. which is very fun. Like I, I really enjoyed hearing like, Oh, there's Scott doing stuff. Like it was just a group of people singing to me before with Aaron at the front. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's cool to know more about it. All right. I think this is a good time for us to take a break. Uh, and when we get back, we got more real big fish. Oh, hey, oh, what the fuck you do with your life these days? Oh, hey, oh, what the fuck you do with yourself? This episode of Checkered Past is brought to you by Blendjet. Slynn, you like to make smoothies. I make smoothies every single morning. Tell me about your smoothie journey. Well, I it's my only way I can get vegetables in my body because I like yummy brown golden fried delicious things. So I often call it my scurvy juice to prevent scurvy. What do you put in your smoothies every morning? Um, well, I am a little spinach bitch and a banana. G- uh, pro tip, is bananas make every smoothie taste good. Okay, banana, chocolate oat milk, and some like legit peanut butter, a little bit of spinach. You're laughing and that tastes like a delicious treat. Well, I just got a blend jet. What? And I've actually been able to make my smoothies fresher because I'll put the ingredients in and take it with me to work because it's portable. And I'll make my smoothie like right, right, right before I drink it. You hit the nail on the head because Blendjet 2 by Blendjet is portable. So you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet. So you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. We got a couple Blendjet 2s. I got mine with like the black marble. It's like a fancy like it's very, faux marble Yeah, it's, it's got like kind of some doodly energy to it, yeah, I guess. a little mask. Uh, it's a little mask. I'm not a, always I masked. I have a leopard print I got, one. I do some fems. Leopard print? 
Talk to me about your leopard print. It's pretty fucking fun. There was another leopard print that we were, we were spying. I, but, like, it was Rainbow Leopard. It was Lisa fucking Frank. Lisa fucking Frank, Lisa y'all. Fucking Frank. There's all kinds of crazy-ass colors. That's one of the best things about BlendJet, too. So here's what you need to do. Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the Promer code. The Promer code. Use that Promer code, Checkered12, to Checkered get 12% 12. off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code CHECKERED12 Checkered 12. to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Get it for your scurvy juice. Lisa fucking Frank. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Checkered Past. We're here with Gary Mastriano, and we're talking about real big fish. So we just finished talking about monkeys for nothing, chimps for free, and here is what Scott said about this whole thing. Well, oh man, is this? I wonder if this is word for word. I must have because it doesn't look like a real sentence. Well, <laughs> what you do it, you take ropes and tie them to all four limbs. If you have four limbs, because some people don't, and I don't want to exclude them from the festivities, then you get wild horses to yank as hard as possible. Until the person is ripped into pieces. That's how we make records. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's actually pretty That's good. pretty metal. Um, I don't know if I had anything else. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. I'm just going to leave it there. Did you say brutal? <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the movie's coming oh, out very soon. Excited. I'm, I'm going to do very a big excited. rewatch. Hell yeah. Me and, me, and, me and Joey are big Metalocalypse fans. Big Metalocalypse. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, just before the album was released, bass phenom Matt Wong quit the band needing to spend more time with his wife and newborn. After a tearful goodbye, Aaron went back to the friend or foe well and pulled in Derek Gibbs to fill in on Matt's big five-string shoes. Matt would jokingly refer to Derek as Matt Wong approved when asked if he was up to the task. I remember us floating that quote along. It was in MySpace, probably. Um, After a massive 2008 Warp Tour run, of which I saw them perform in Edmonton, that was when they would... uh, pretend to leave the stage after every song god that's a good bit yeah it's a classic bit bit. uh the band hit the studio to do what they do best a shitload of covers mixing up dad rock selections as well as cheeky covers of songs misattributed to them in the early 2000s the album featured contributions from suburban legends brian clem and received pushback as a bit of a (laughs) cop-out uh its title was fame fortune and fornication and hit the shelves in 2009 we don't have any songs queued up for this because uh, we're saving our covers for something special in the future. But uh, yeah, cover record. Gary, this seems like it's uh, in your wheelhouse a little bit. How did you feel about it or it's still feel record. about it? It's a record I go back to a lot. I really I enjoy it. I think it's pretty fun. I like the covers on it. It gets a little drops off a little bit towards the end. But I think the the first half of the album is strong. And they cover Veronica Sawyer by Edna's Goldfish, which is just awesome. Yeah, we featured that on our recent episode uh, yeah. because they the, it's part of the jokes where it was a, there were uh, in the LimeWire days, people would say that that song was a real big fish song because sure. their names are so similar. Yeah. So they put it on the cover record as kind of like, a, well, the, no, this is how we would play it. <laughs> right. Or Brown Eyed Girl is the best example of that. Right. I remember the Brown Eyed Girl. And it was attributed to, it said like Real Big Fish or Goldfinger or Blink-182. And I don't know, actually or know who did that LimeWire cover of it, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, you you, you dredged up. The I figured name. out who it was called and now I can't even remember. Can't remember yeah. 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 I don't even know I, who it was. Yeah. I, 
I dug in. I, I was digging in the crates for <laughs> the other one. <laughs> who these the other song are. that pops in my mind is the gin and juice ska cover. Do you know? You ever, you we also that had one? that on there. That's yeah. the Berlin Project who does that one. I know that. Yeah, one. yeah. But it was attributed to Real Big Fish a lot. They just got, you know, painted with the cover brush on any ska cover that was around. Tetris, whatever. Everything. But this was a fun album. I mean, they covered Slade, and I like Slade a lot, so that's pretty rad. Uh, I like their cover of Authority Song. That's uh, yeah. probably my favorite cover on there. And uh, the Monkey Man again. <laughs> I, I, I will never turn down a cover of Monkey Man. Uh, yeah. yeah. And when we, we saw uh, Los Corrados at SBI Fest and when they played Monkey Man, it tore the house down. Literally any band can play Monkey Man. And I'm like, yeah. perfect. No notes. <laughs> so, you know, the, the cover, the cover, the people on the cover of this album are Brian Clem from Suburban Legends and Aaron's wife at the time of this album who will come into play very soon in the next album. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep this train going. All right. Aaron says, we've been hearing about brown eyed girl for about 10 years now. Uh, every day, somebody will say, are you going to play brown eyed girl? We didn't play brown eyed girl. That doesn't even sound like us. And now they did it. <laughs> Since their original songs were still in the band uh, or still in the hands of jive, real big fish decided they should also cover another band themselves. They did 22 of their old songs with their new lineup, as well as 14 more in an acoustic style, ska acoustic. This monster of a retrospective titled The Best of Us for the Rest of Us dropped in 2010, then extended even further and reissued in 2011, featuring the song arrangements they were doing live at the time. Uh, yeah, I think there's like some 30 or 40 songs altogether yeah. uh, on the, the Best the of main, compilation. The expanded edition is like 60 or something like that. That's it, It's ridiculous. Just Holy smokes. Just so that they can get their rights of their songs kind of back. Uh, that right. They were Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were Radiohead before Radiohead. Yeah. They were like already trying to ditch just major right labels. If you were so my look. friend in 2010 or 2011, that's the album I got you for Christmas. No whether you <laughs> like Scar or not. I'm like, best of us for the rest of us. I just went to Best Buy and bought them out. And here you go. Here you go. <laughs> I wish all of the song titles said Aaron's version afterwards. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be great. What if they were all versions? Like all like versions. That would be <laughs> even greater. I'd be yeah. into that. Just a 60-song retrospection of dubbed versions of the songs. It's like 100 hours. <laughs> 2011, however, saw the biggest departure yet when Scott Klopfenstein left to be with his family as well. One of the most iconic harmonies in Third Wave Ska was officially broken up. The replacement was Matt Appleton, the mohawk sax fiend that contributed the horns to Goldfinger's Hello Destiny and would shake up the band's horn arrangement in a big way. In 2012, this lineup released Hunk If You're Horny, which they correctly made this decision to rename Candy Coated Fury <laughs> and was pseudo concept album about Aaron's divorce. Uh, it featured Cooley Ranks, Brian Clem and Sonic Boom 6 with covers by The Wonder Stuff and When in Rome. Reviews were mixed. Punk News gave it 2 out of 10. Uh, you should read that review. It is harsh. Uh, but it has since gone on to have a cult following. And here's what Aaron said about it. On this album, we are doing what we do best. Candy Coat of Fury pretty much describes uh, Real Big Fish. Hateful, mean, sarcastic, and sometimes sad over happy, wacky, silly, joyous, fast music that makes you want to dance. It's Candy Coated Fury, and it sums our band, our humor, and message up in three words. I definitely was very conscious this time about how danceable the songs were and how they make you move when you listen to them. I've been a long time since I really thought about the danceability of our songs. Also, I was very con conscious about the lyrics. 
I really wanted to recapture the same angry, hateful humor from the first two albums. And I definitely tried to write some angry, hateful love songs too, because I hadn't written any of those in a long time. And our first two album had a lot of those. So let's start with uh, which one's the first one I have. Everyone else is an asshole. Let's start there. Why don't we? All right. Candy Coated Fury. Joey, let's start with you. Thoughts, feelings? This album fucking rips. It's so good. So fucking good. <laughs> I yeah. Okay, so I disliked that last record. Um, and when I was putting this one on, I realized that there was a longer break in between. Yeah. And I wanted to learn the history from you, so I waited it out. But I was like, with this big of a break, it has to be a more mature take. That like. We can't be going back to these more high school I'm angry at my girlfriend songs And I was so happy that It was a mature take On a lot of those same themes And like you said Like he just said He's going back to the well Of kind of the classic stuff But it's with a more adult lens And the songs are Even better written than those First couple records Like I, This is a fantastic record Yes Gary, yeah. Candy Coated Fury. This album fucking rips, as Joey yeah. said. <laughs> I love this album. I got. I remember getting an advanced copy of this because they had it for sale on their tour before the official street date, and I I picked it up and I blasted that in my my car. It, it I just have that memory in my head of sitting at this traffic light listening to everyone else an asshole for the first time ever. I'm like, this album's something different. This album's really good. You know, I, by now it's clear I'm really into the hair metal and the glam rock and stuff like that. This album is like the takes that and that theme from we're not uh, not we're not happy. Why do they rock so hard? It's almost the spiritual successor to that album. Um, I love this album. It's right up there with Cheer Up. It's probably my second favorite Real Big Fish album. To the fact where like if you go through my Apple Music, my top played song for the past six years is I Dare You to Break My Heart, which I think is my favorite Real Big Fish song. So it, I could gush about the analytics. Record. It is. Oh no, that's yeah. why. That's why you're here is to gush about this record. <laughs> I love this album. I think there's not a weak song to be had. Uh, the song I like the least is probably "Everyone Else Is an Asshole." Like I don't like when they just are are blue or vulgar just for the sake of it. Um, yeah. Everything else in here is great. Hiding in my headphones. A lot of real big fish. Holy fans shit, that's a great hate. song. Yeah, but a lot of people lot hate of, on that song. A lot of people hate that song. You know, it's, really good, it's great. It's fantastic. when I when I heard it, I when it, it came on uh, as I was about two minutes away from a gas station, I had to fill up my car, yeah. and it came on, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome! Like, this is just such a rad jam. Yeah. Yeah. Features on it are super cool. It's different from what." They normally do, but when the chorus comes around, it still sounds like a real big fish song. I, I, I could see how it would be divisive, but I mean, let's I be honest. I don't. I'm not sure why people hate it so much. Because, I don't get it. Because if there's uh, anything that we've learned. People don't yeah, like it. No, but and, that's, you're not allowed to shit on Sonic well, Boom 6. You can if there's anything <laughs> that we've learned about talking about real big fish yeah. on this show, is that there's a certain subsect of particularly real big like third wave fans who only want it to sound like third wave right. and that song is not a third wave song it is a more heady song within their umbrella of genres that they play and i could 
see how a more closed-minded person who just wanted more sellout yeah. would not like that song. But there's I thought it was a scam record. There's plenty yeah, of that on sure. this record, right? Oh, there's 100%. Yeah. And the I other think... thing I love about this is the, you know, as a sax player, hearing the Barry, the tenor sax and specifically the Barry sax on like songs like Don't Stop Skanking and uh, there's a good sax solo on I think it's Punisher. Like it really brings a lot more to the horn section. Um, it was it was the best decision they made was to yep. bring in a, a, a sax player. Yeah. Matt Appleton is the unsung hero <laughs> of modern real big fish in my opinion yep. like his his sound they've always is... had a great horn section i think we should we could all agree on that their horn section always sounds good For sonically sure. i think this is their best sounding album too it sounds huge it's mixed well it's it's yep. a really really great album um but it's also great. it's not overly polished like like you're still, saying like it's still it's, self-produced aaron, yeah, aaron still produced it, it, and, yeah. and it, it like it has a lot of those kind of hair metal elements but it never goes into that hair metal uh production quality yep. kind of realm which is great like it still sounds like a punk rock record you know the other knock yeah. you're going to hear about this record is that the songs are a little long which is probably true uh, like i dare you to break my heart is over five minutes it doesn't really need That's to be but every record by this man <laughs> yeah but like this one i don't think has any filler songs i just think the songs are a little bit too long sure. I, I mean it's still what 14 tracks long yeah, yeah. it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah. 14's okay yeah it's not 20. It's, it's, yeah, it's not like even turn the radio off had 16. Like, I mean, it's still like shorter than their quote unquote classic record, right? Right. Uh, but this is easily top three. Like, it probably bounces around this, the live record, and turn the radio off. My three favorite real big fish records, like bar none. Like, that's, and this was, I, what made me excited when this came out, especially was that I had basically thought of real big fish as a live band at this point. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if they're going to put out a record I like anymore. Like, I don't know if they, they're capable of doing it. Yeah, they um, kind of gone into legacy mode for you. I felt that way. I yeah. was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll see them like less than Jake. I'm going to see them every time they come in. I don't know if they're going to re- release a record that is going to like blow my mind anymore uh, because they're not playing to me. You know, they're playing to a different audience. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll just go see them live. I'll have a great time and I'll walk away. But then they released this and I was like, fucking still got it man (laughs) brought me back and having that linchpin moment for uh the fact that they was going through a a massive heartache filled breakup like and as much as it's kind of a spiteful record and there's a lot of like toxic like or acidic like moments in in the way he delivers his message that feels so authentic and i think that delivers a lot of cohesiveness to to how this album was written to him having a cohesive focus for his mm-hmm. usual anger yeah and writing around that focus i think is the crux of what makes this album really great as opposed to i feel like the angry songs the angry newer songs from that last record were just like unfocused yeah angry songs just generic yeah, yeah totally like nothing really there's nothing behind it whereas yes. there's a lot behind this one yeah my yeah, biggest yeah. knock on this record is uh saying that implying that the movie sarah or uh, saving silverman uh (laughs) had like a a massive impact on his life yeah is just makes no sense but also makes a lot of sense (laughs) but also is like a little upsetting like that movie shouldn't have had this much of an impact on you and your friend's life well if you ever hear aaron talk about like the type of 
entertainment he likes, it's right in line with that. He likes yeah, like yeah. frat boy comedies. <laughs> yeah. Raunchy comedies. Yeah, that makes sense. We should listen I, to Don't Stop Skanking uh, before oh, yeah. we get too far because yeah, I'll sure. be mad if we don't have time for it. So good. Oh, the Barry Sachs is so killer right from the beginning. This is my most listened to Real Big Fish song. Yeah. And it doesn't have any lyrics. <laughs> killer, though. Sure does. They do instrumentals. There they are. They do instrumentals extremely well. Yeah. 241 is my like maybe my second favorite. <laughs> like, I love I love their instrumentals. It's weird that you like their two most ska songs. <laughs> I have a thing. Can I ask you guys a question? Can I ask like let's work at, let's live in an alternate reality where Scott sang on this record. Do you think it would be even better than it is? I think it would be a lateral. I think the think. next record would be better with, with Agreed, Scott. but you don't yeah. think his presence could have increased this record? You know, I, I I think it could. Like, they just, their vocal harmony is so good, and yeah. I feel like Scott's, it, it's because Scott doesn't do the, the, the normal thing with his harmony and, and the way he sings. He's a very kind of out there when it comes to his approach to additional stuff, so I think it really could have pushed it, but... That being said, it's pretty fantastic regardless. So, and the covers, the covers on this album are are well chosen, I'd say, and not chosen to be like uh, like sometimes Real Big Fish will pick a song because they feel like it's it'll get a big oh, bump take, at their show. Got me, right? Brown yeah. Girl, right? You're you're playing the hits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the choices here are more thematic to the album as opposed to uh, just to get a woo from the crowd. So much so that I had forgotten that you'd said that they do put covers on every album, and I did not even notice them, yep. I don't think. And they fit in really well, yeah. It's Don't Get Me, Don't Let Me Down Gently, and The Promise are the two covers, yeah. Yeah. Ah, but what a great one. I would, I would recommend people should listen to this one. Like, I'd go out of yeah. my way to say this is a record worth listening. 100%. Uh, and um, even people who are not big Real Big Fish fans, but it frequently tops people's lists. Like when we were talking on the Discord, you saw it up there. So for whatever like kind of mixed reception it had at 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 launch, uh, I think the time has been very kind to this record, and people really look fondly back on it, which but is good. And it's good legacy. They haven't. They only play everyone else as an asshole. They never play anything else in this record, unfortunately. And, and that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's just like. Now that he's moved on, it's difficult to, you know, because because yeah. a lot of these songs are like, you can really hear the emotion in them a little bit more than some of the other stuff. Like it's a little raw. Yeah, a little a little like, raw. So yeah. it might be maybe some of these songs are a little difficult to get into in a live situation yeah, for him. Maybe you know. I don't know. All right, let's uh let's move on. Uh, in 2013, after a year long tour, the disco trombonist himself, Dan Regan resigned from Real Big Fish in order to pivot to home life and start a brewery. He was replaced by Billy Cottage, who was fresh off of recording Big D's Stomp and Stroll double album. And in 2014, they hit another major tour, uh, but drummer Rylan Steen went on to tour with Joey America. Oh, yeah. I remember we were talking <laughs> about this at one point. And was, <laughs> and was replaced I mean, by suburban legends Edward Beach. <laughs> from a financial standpoint and like a job stability standpoint, I get it. <laughs> Oh yeah, 100%. oh yeah! I'm sure yeah. everybody in there just like stood up and just started clapping, like <laughs> clapping. Yeah, when he told them. Uh, yeah. Hey guys, I uh, 
Welcome to I got the America gig. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so stoked for you. You know, no, like, I kept listening to Horse with No Name for the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get it right. Do you imagine getting called up? Like, like just like you're you're on the, the back bench or whatever. You get called up to be on the America tour. It's a weird, like, it's a weird sell to the America guys, though, right? Like, who's our new drummer? Oh, the guy that was in Real Big Fish, <laughs> right? It's for weird. like the, twenty years. No, like the fourth drummer for yeah. Real Big Fish at this <laughs> oh, point. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like you know the fourth drummer for Real Big Fish from yeah. Sellout. No, 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 from like fifteen years after Sellout. Yeah. That drummer, he's gonna come join us. Well, I don't know was, how that happened. It's weird. If it was modern day, though, America would just have Josh Freeze or Travis Josh Barker. Freeze. Or Travis Barker, one of yeah, those two. They seem free. <laughs> they drum for everyone, so I don't see why they wouldn't just drum for America, too. <laughs> and so uh, the next four years would be relatively quiet until the current lineup hit the studio to record their next true full length. The album was Life Sucks, Let's Dance, once again featuring Aaron in the producer chair, released on the Rock Ridge label. The album calmed down a lot of the band's prior rage in favor of melancholy and contentedness, all likely due to the band's general settling down and Aaron Barrett's recent marriage. The only covers were Forces of Evil covers that weren't featured on their full length. So here's what Aaron had to say about it. I have an unhealthy obsession with my dog, Walter, and I started singing little songs to him about how cute he was. Then I realized, <laughs> then I, realized I had written some pretty catchy songs. So I changed all the lyrics because I didn't think anybody would want to hear a rock opera about my dog. Fucking wrong. Incorrect. So wrong. Fuck, we man, this... missed we missed out on a classic album. I'm I'm like... going to I'm going to say this right here right now if this album was about his dog, I would have been more in on it. 100%. Uh, there is one song. They wrote a high life song about <laughs> about his dog. <laughs> I I need the whole concept. I know that, that missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Fucking Suicide Machines first to fuck up. Now Real Big Fish. How come nobody can write songs about their dogs? Puppy All Songs right. needs to put in a Sky album. Uh, we started recording the album in January 2018 and really took our time with it. Our friend and engineer, David Irish, just finished building his new studio, Pot of Gold in Orange, uh, Orange County, California. And we loved how everything sounds there. And there's just really good energy and good vibes that uh, there's a really adorable studio kitten named Iggy Fluff. So we have to accidentally make it a positive, happy record instead of a pissed off, hateful record. Oops. Well, there's a little pissed offness in there and some sarcastic, funny lyrics as usual. Also, I just got married, so there might be a few sappy love songs on the album. Yuck. Shortly after, Billy Cottage left the band on tour with the Interrupters and to this day continues to be a gun for hire for large scale ska projects. So Brian Robertson of Suburban Legends has been touring uh, a touring member. So before uh, Jeffrey's fan club was the band that they kept mining members out of. And now Suburban Legends is the band they keep mining members <laughs> yeah, out yeah. of. <laughs> uh, so as mentioned in our Spring Heel Jack uh, episode, Tyler Jones, former trumpeter, passed away in 2020. And since then, all has been relatively quiet with Scott, Aaron, and Ryland providing vocals and drums on Loser's Track No Hope. For all intents and purposes, the band is still active, but this will wrap up the checkered pass. So let's finish by talking about the last record. Life sucks, let's dance. Uh, let's play the title track. The best song on the album, by the way. It is. Yeah. This is a great song. Yeah. When this song popped on, well, no, no there was the, the single that you can't have all of me that I've listened to before. Which but is then the second this, best song on the album. <laughs> so when this one came on, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good record. Because there's so much more keyboard. 
There's way yeah, more Oregon. a lot more Because Billy Cottage, I believe, is the, also the Oregon player. Oregon player. And they, they yeah. had that a lot on the Christmas EP before that was very Oregon heavy. Yeah. So that's a nice little touch, because Billy Cottage is very big on Oregon. Oregon. I love yeah. like Oregon in a ska band. Very uh, journeyman with it. I feel like they, I could have more saxophones. <laughs> but that's okay, it's there. It's my solo in this song. Yeah, I know. I just felt like there was more than candy coated, which made me happy. At this point, Johnny Christmas is their longest tenured horn player. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, because there have been a little bit of turnover over the last record or two. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit turnover. Be Amazon with the amount of turnover they have. Hey! <laughs> wow. Hey. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Baseball there. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about this record? Oh, Engineer Joy, you you kick us off. Lukewarm. Lukewarm yeah. on it. I uh, I did. I don't know. Like even in his description, he was kind of like, "We did this thing, and it turned out like this." And I feel like that's a pretty apt description. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it was much better than uh, two Lucky's. records ago. Yeah. Um, not anywhere near as good as Candy Coated. Um, it was okay. It's a surprisingly pedestrian ska record for Real Big Fish, who've at least had like a lot of personality in their records. In this one, I feel like is a little. I think little, that's it. I, yeah. I I think it is just a little more. Meh, Even the of. records I don't like, I can say like there's like uh there's something happening here that's like above and beyond what the normal ska record would look like. This feels a little middle of the road, which is like overly disappointing. I think when it's a real big fit, which I think is unfair. I think what happened is I like like the first like four songs and then stuff starts to kind of get a little like, I don't know. That's exactly kind of, how this record yeah. goes. Yeah. The yeah. First, the yeah. Tracks are really strong. I, I will say there are some really great lyrics on here in some really surprising places. Um, I found that Agreed. there's like that because he's looking a little bit more inward or he's being a little bit more pensive about things like, some surprisingly like heartfelt, maybe emotional songs on here. A little less, you know, just like songs about girls and uh, actually thinking about like the world around us and and stuff, which is usually not normal for a real big fish album. Even yeah. if the song around it is a little like not my favorite, um, it's nice to hear him like expand his lyrical palette a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Overall, this like I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock this record. But I wouldn't say that someone who is not already a real big fish fan would love it. You know what I mean? Like it's not—it's not, it's not going to turn ahead. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you're if you're already in uh, on real big fish, you'll probably like this record. Yeah. It's pretty good, but it's you know like a seventy percent, sixty-five, seventy percent for me, kind of. It was telling to like that I like hadn't listened to it since it had come out. <laughs> that's come up a few <laughs> times on like, the pod. Where hey? I was like, yeah, that, yeah, I feel like that's a that's telling as to its staying power with me or I was like kind of like lost touch with it. Whereas I've listened to Candy Code of Fury multiple times <laughs> since this record came out. So eh, you kind of yeah. think about what, anyway, maybe I'm just being a little like overly hard on it, but <laughs> Gary, how do you feel? Yeah, I like this record uh, fine enough. Um, I do listen to it a lot just because I listen to a lot of Real Big Fish. Uh, I'd probably <laughs> put it right in the middle of their, their discography, right? I think there's really yeah. good stuff. Uh, you know, it, if this is the end of their recording career, I think it's a nice little coda for them. You know, 
it's, it's just a swan a happy song. Record. Yeah, it's a good swan song. It's it's a happy record. Surprising, specifically though that last like fourth of the album where you have what are the uh, goddamn beautiful day. I'm looking at the the track listing. Should have known by now, and I get it. I'd rather get it right. Those are just like surprisingly just sappy songs, you know. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. okay, Aaron. Aaron's happy and and good for him. We should play goddamn totally. beautiful day because it it does have like and they they kind of play some other play with their genre a little bit again. Yeah. It's like Candy Coda is like ska punk. And this has got a few of those like well, more. This almost sounds sounds like Littlest Man Band. Yeah, actually, I was gonna say this album. One of the things I did like about this album was that it kind of stretched a little bit musically. Yeah, uh, like in a good way. I think they were pulling from some different uh, influences that they don't normally pull from, and it worked well. I do want to say this to what you just said, Joey. Um, maybe not my favorite lineup, but musically talented, I think this is the best version of the band because Aaron's able to bring in all these people who are just really, really good at the top of the track. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, and that's like when I think about, and I, I don't want to be mean on Tilly Cottage because he's such a great trombone player. He's a very jerk, like Josh Freeze. He's like the Josh Freeze of trombone. And so just like, yeah. Yeah, and they're just like, you know, you can pull them into the studio and they're going to like crush. They're going to be on tour, professional. You know, they're just going to do the job really, really well, right? Um, as a, But it, it, it obviously comes at the cost of like having like a little bit more like chaos. The energy's like, not there. Energy isn't you know, the same. High school trumpet yeah. player playing on your record is not, it's not the yeah. same right. energy and spark, but it's a really just tight, tight band. And their live show at least the last time I saw them was in 2019, the last time they toured. It, it's so tight. They're a really, really tight live band. Yeah, and he's he's still, you know, playing the guitar behind his back and, like, yeah. <laughs> doing, like, the, all the little okay. tricks, right? I was going to say, yeah. you've seen them 40 times now. So if, I, I know this is not the way the math works out, but if Aaron got $2 for every time you've seen them play, he might have been able to buy the Wawa pedal, which was clearly a new addition to his thing before this last <laughs> album, because that fucking thing is on every goddamn song. Sure, yeah. He <laughs> bought a Wawa pedal, and I know Aaron Barrett's a, a gear guy. Yes, he is. So very it much blows my mind that this late in the game, he was like, This is my Wawa pedal record. This is my slash moment. I am going to become Wawa pedal guy. So I figure he either just bought one right before this or he switched to like a Helix or something like that and, and gained the power of the wall of it. And we nerd this out another episode of gear in your bedroom. Yeah. Well, let's do that really for a second. Can we nerd out? I'm a guitar player, like a natural guitar player is the first instrument I played. So I still play a lot. Aaron Barrett's a very good guitar player. His yeah. And he has a really good, he has good ear for tone too. So I assume his gear oh, is sick. His tone is one of the best I've heard his, on record. His yeah. ska chop is better than, I put that up against anybody. His, his ability to play this, that ska upbeat is better than anybody. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking killer guitar player. So I'm going to maybe, I think that's my theory. I'm putting it out there. I don't know if this is true. Aaron, you can come on pod and tell us. I think he got, I think he went digital before this last record. I think he got a Helix or a Kemper or something. And he was like, oh shit, now I can do all of the effects. <laughs> and he did. <laughs>
this is great. This is, uh, I think this co- caps off a, a solid trilogy of episodes. We don't really finish uh, the bands we start. <laughs> so it's really nice to finish one. Or at uh, least catch up. Or at least catch up. Yeah, at least catch up to the modern day. Yeah. Uh, we did su- We did Suicide Machines this year. Finished that. Finished this one. I'm feeling good. I feel like this is a good year for us. <laughs> Scott Parra, here we come. <laughs> one more thought? No, I might have to go do dad duties and jump off in a second. Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's okay. We might uh, finish our uh, the last little bits on our side. We can I've, do that. I have a game. What was the or do game? you want to stay for the game? If I'd want to play it, <laughs> it's uh, the game is called Sellout, and it's about famous sellouts. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> I think I'll jump off. <laughs> okay. Well, then uh, it was wonderful having you, Gary. Uh, how about I throw it over to you to plug? And uh, we'll let you get back to uh, your uh, your home life. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've been a big fan of the show since you guys started. Uh, I've listened to your first episode. Say Ferris? Say Ferris? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think the day it Ooh. came out, I was anticipating your guys' show. So really happy and honored. Thank you. Honest. And we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're better now. <laughs> things happen. I mean, listen to the Backyard Superheroes early records. Bad. Listen to our, our new records. Better. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out my band Backyard Superheroes. Um, we're putting out a new record. Uh, more details to come about that. Listen to On the Upbeat. Uh, I contribute there every now and then. Um, another great ska podcast. And it's it's cool that there's so many ska podcasts and everyone seems to be really chill with each other. But um, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Candy Coat of Fury is awesome. And uh, there, that, I'll leave it on that. Awesome. So well, thank you so much. Us. And uh, we'll, be, uh, All we'll right. be talking well, soon. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just Joey. It's going to be me. <laughs> Joey first. For, uh, I, do whoever... I need a scorecard? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Most points wins, Joey. Sweet. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay, I did do a song. I, I've, I didn't know if I did a song for this or not, but I did do it. Okay. Excellent. And if we have time, we could also do the prize fighters game that I never did. <laughs> That's true. We could just answer Gary's questions. We'd also answer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much like extra content we want to shovel at this. Um, All right, here we go. (laughs) My wallet's tight on a Saturday night. Nine o'clock, no cash in sight. I hear a bland song to get me through. It's so damn lazy that I know what to do. I got to sell out. It's got to have repetitive beat. Sell out. Have you? Oh fuck! I screwed up already. Is this Detroit? (laughs) You know, fellas got to (laughs) eat. That's why I went and wrote Detroit. Rock City. Okay, here we go. The game okay. is called the Sellout Game. I almost got to the end. You almost. Made it. I almost got there. I knew what you were like parodying. That's a good. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a yeah. thumbs up. I tried. I tried a little bit this time. In this game, Joey, Joey, Gary, and Celine, mm-hmm. Joey, Gary, and Celine will be given the clues to ascertain celebrities considered the biggest sellouts of all time, according to Ranker. The clues will be get progressively easier. They are all not necessarily musicians. Once you have a guess, buzz in with ska or buzz or your name. Most points wins. I guess you just say it, Joey. I like this. This is going to be a fun game. <laughs> all right. I just called it the sellout game. I, I should have had a better name. All right. Yeah, you had a whole this, song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Detroit rock sellout. All right. This one. This person might be the poster child for sellouts. So much so that the rest of his bandmates can't stand him anymore. The rest of his bandmates can't stand him anymore. Hmm. Poster boy for selling out. I don't know, I'm going to need a... All right. So the next clue. He started his career about politics and making a quick joke now and then in the 80s and 90s. His 
band can't stand him. Yeah. Politics and holy smokes, this is difficult. Okay. The, the, the last one? Yeah. Moved from the streets of New York to VH1 for his insane reality show. Was it uh, Gene Simmons? No. Although that makes sense based on what I just said, right? Yeah. <laughs> for his insane reality show. Uh, oh, uh, uh, fucking the guy from Poison? No, I think you're thinking about rock music. This yeah. is not rock music. Oh, no. Then, uh, this yeah. is hippie hop. Hippie hop. Flavor, flavor. Oh, come on. That wasn't selling out. That was buying in. <laughs> flavor, flavor. <laughs> buying in. Did you know? Chuck, Chuck D hates him. Like, I, that, that's Hates fair. him. Uh, like, but still we will do reunions with him. <laughs> my favorite thing uh, recently is I believe Rihanna wore, wore some sort of uh, neck, like a choker thing that had a, a watch on it. Okay. And, and someone, a news outlet said it's the first time that a timepiece has ever been worn on a neck. And Flava Flav just commented <laughs> on it and was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> The fuck! I just I saw that and that made me laugh very fucking hard. That's not real. He's not a real person. But like, he he can't be real. Like, I think he's. I think he's like a gorilla's. Have you seen Flavor of Love? I seen Public (laughs) Enemy live, and I still don't believe Flavor Flav's a real person. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay, this next person, uh, a person so sold out, he refers to himself as a businessman first and a musician second. Okay, I'll, I'll need another. Okay, Let's... started his career helping invent metal in the seventies before hitting arenas in the eighties. Oh, it's gonna be someone dad rocky guy who sucks. <laughs> yep, who sucks a lot for sure. If he's yep. more business than music, and he oh, started yeah. doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, this one's going to be really bad, but I'm going to need another clue. Now you know him as the guy that trademarked a bag of money and makes reality TV about his family jewels. Oh, yeah, that's Gene Simmons. That's Gene Simmons, yeah. Yeah. He does suck. (laughs) Fuck that guy. I hate that shit. How do you feel about Paul Stanley? Also piece of shit. (laughs) Fuck that guy. I made a Hepcliff comic (laughs) about him getting launched into the sun or something. (laughs) It made some, like, weird transphobic comment, right? Yeah, like made no sense. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. What's Ace Freely doing He was just one of those idiots who's, like, jumping on this whole fucking, like, oh, I just don't want people mutilating kids bandwagon. It's like, that's not fucking happening, you dumbass. Kid, ugh. Anyways. What about Ace Freely? Nah, all of Kiss. Wait, wait, I got one more. Which one? What about Peter Chris? Okay, what about the other ones? I know nobody ever talks about it's just like when we talk about um Black Sabbath. Yeah. And people always talk about it's like Dio, Classic Sabbath, and yeah. and Ozzy. Those are your yeah. two eras. Yeah. But there was like fucking Tony Martin. Mm-hmm. You had all these other guys singing in Black Sabbath. How can no one ever gives a shit about them? I think the only isn't Tony Iommi the only like Yeah. Because Geezer Butler is all of Sabbath. Because Geezer Butler is not there anymore. No, he left and came back for a while too. Yeah. The same with the drummer. And right? uh, yeah, whoever the drummer is, yeah. I should know. I yeah. I was a big Geezer Butler fan and a big Tony Iommi fan. I love Tony Iommi. I mean, those first four Sabbath records are unfuckwithable. They're perfect music, and I, I that's I my talk, Sabbath. But yeah. I I love an Aussie Sabbath, but I'm also I know, I'm also a the D, I'm a Dio guy. A Dio guy. I'm, a, I'm a Dio guy forever. Like. <laughs> Come on, circles Fair. and rings, dragons and kings, man. That's shit's the best. Mob rules, fuck. Dio. First, first ep of the Rob 
metal podcast. It will be on there. Will I have, I have, uh, I have Sabbath this deal. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that that is proto power metal is like the black Sabbath Dio. Yeah. In this opinion. essay, I will. <laughs> All right. Here's, uh, we've only done two of these. All right. Here's another one. The classic tortured artist who people just don't get. Kurt Cobain. Oh, so close. He didn't really. Eh, I guess he sold out. Some people degree. called yeah. him a sellout. That's eh, for sure. Okay. Okay. But, it's not the right answer, but okay. I'll give it to you. Started his career as an Oscar bait darling in the 90s, always presenting challenging roles and characters. So not a musician. No. Leo. Oh, so close. So close. Uh, After becoming a pirate in the 2000s, he bought an island, then became a giant douchebag. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. 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 That was, man, Leo was very close. Very close. Yeah, I know. Uh, Different. I don't know if I would say Leo's a sellout. He always seemed like he was like, because he he always did like like the beach and shit, right? Or Titanic, like you know what I mean? Like, but they were in a movie together, a movie that was a cool movie until it turned into a bad video game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's another one. This one might be close to your heart. Beloved by fans everywhere, and they will defend him no matter what decision he makes, including selling out. Uh, that's a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah, I know it's very. That very was loose. Very, very broad. Okay. Started out as an auteur filmmaker who was able to transform his somewhat low budget beginnings to mainstream spectacles. Mm, Kevin Smith? Not bad. Too too recent. Mm. We got to go back a lot further. Back further, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. What's the third? Once the special editions came out, the writing was on the wall. And with the prequels, Jar Jar Binks oh. and a billion dollar sale to Disney, hard to miss this one. George Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it was like the textbook definition of selling out. He oh, was yeah. Just like, gimme, well, gimme, gimme. You know what, though? <laughs> he was an innovator in that he went right to the studio and was like, no, you can have the box office dollars. <laughs> Give me that merchandising money. And they were like, duh, okay. <laughs> so he, he created the industry of making fucking merchandising dollars off of movies basically yeah. with that one with that one decision and so, still sold the thing for a billion dollars yeah on top of the millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars he made in merch i can only assume Unreal. skywalker ranch is like a literal heaven on earth anything you could imagine would just be there yeah i think it's its own like country practically yeah, yeah. it might even be like its own like cloud city on the ground or something <laughs> probably <laughs> trio of hip hoppers that once claimed that they're the biggest mus- musical influences uh, were nursery rhymes. Cause they knew what that's what would get stuck in your head. Tom DeLong says that too, but I'm going to go with, uh, 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 beastie boys. So close. Eh, were they sellouts sold out to Rick Rubin? That's true. <laughs> uh, started out as a New York conscious rap group in the vein of black star and common. Oh, Black Eyed Peas. You got it. I was going to make a joke after that first one and say it was dyslexic speed readers, (laughs) but that's a stupid trio of bad rappers. The last one I had is added the requisite eye candy and Fergie and the hits just wouldn't stop as their message became more and more about partying. Yeah. That's all they rap about these days. There was one party. The first non-Fergie record they did was like a return to form uh, and it was fucking awesome. Highly recommend. Hey, we're rich now. 
Let's go back to talking about all that important stuff that we've just been ignoring for the last 20 years. So stupid. Like, fucking Will I Am is a a frustrating person. A I got frustrating to, person. I just got to design a car. So, I mean, I might as well go back to rapping about how poor people are. <laughs> All right. Recently said if he doesn't win an Oscar, he's going back to not trying anymore. Nicholas Cage. I don't think he said that. <laughs> no, he made a movie. He already made got an Oscar. <laughs> and also he put out that movie last year where that was literally just a movie of him being like, yeah, I couldn't give a fuck about this industry. I just do what I want to. Started out as a wild comedian that relied less on impressions and more on over-the-top character work, songs, and gross-out humor. Oh, and sold out? I I don't know. Post-SNL, the movie deals wouldn't stop, and he eventually formed a production company that would just turn and burn for the last few decades. Oh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Sold out to Netflix. Netflix. He sure did. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I I don't, I don't like to use the word sellout very much because, like, (laughs) I've done creative stuff and not made any money at it for long enough to realize that if you're doing something creative and somebody wants to give you money for it and you want to do that as your job, you're going to make some sacrifices for yeah. sure. So, I mean, everybody's threshold of selling out is a little bit different, right. I feel like. But yeah, Sandler just calling it in for the last like couple of decades making shitty Netflix bullshit is that's <laughs> right up there. Yeah. Uh, and the movie he thought he was going to win an Oscar for was Uncut Gems. I'm, I'm, that's kind of fair. That movie's fucking insanely good. I never, saw, I, I've so never good. seen it, but like everything I've read about it, like yeah. it is a very, like it. It seems like they were really going for it with and making a movie like that. Un- you know what I mean? Unreal good movie. Like I would, I can't believe how good that movie is. Like me and my wife were like on the edge of our seats watching it. Like literally, it was so intense. And I don't know. He just said, if I don't get an Oscar for this, I'm just not going to try anymore. And so, anyway, here we are. We get Hubie Halloween and whatever else he did. Adam Sandler net worth. Uh, This is exciting tent. He is, in 2020, an estimated net worth of $420 million. Nice. I think he'll be okay. (laughs) Doing just fine. Uh, All right, where is this? filmography 440 now in the last three years he made 40 mil so i think he'll be okay good for him good for him don't don't bother trying for them oscars adam you're good uh man what the fuck he does like 50 movies a year yeah this there's a lot ridiculous. of ridiculous do you think it's like a like a nine to five they just go to the same studio all the time mm. like it's like work uh, work i'm just looking okay so you had hubie halloween uh murder mystery 2 there was well, a murder that, mystery yeah, 1 was a murder mystery 1 yeah apparently i thought that was just a fake it, w- it came out the same year as uncut gems i don't know <laughs> i don't know about this man <laughs> his movies coming out soon have names like the outlaws and you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah the outlaws as in like the in-laws but like they're cowboy outlaws <laughs> no dang that would have been real good but the adam devine and or adam divine and uh pierce brosnan are in it anyway whatever fucking sandler pierce right. brosnan get the dude you're getting fucking the golden eye <laughs> in your movies 
<laughs> he just saw Michelle Yeoh doing so well, and he's like, me too. <laughs> Adam Sandler, put me in your movie. And still no, uh, no, like, happy G2, hey. <laughs> what? I don't want to see that. I'd be so sad. If God. I saw, like, a Billy Madison 2, I'd be so sad. Like Billy Madison 20 years later or something. And he still has to go back to school. Like, that's still the it's, plot. It's, it's Adam Sandler playing him but he has a kid now who's also played by adam sandler oh, who is no. the right age to have to go back <laughs> to school <laughs> but now it's talking about all the modern issues with school and he's got to do like active shooter drills and stuff. <laughs> it writes itself all right, all right all right come on it does write itself i'm absolutely certain he's got like some kind of like like a player piano but it's like a typewriter that just like types out like garbage scripts man when chat gbt came out say, adam sandler was probably like making adam sandler i, I was movie. i was gonna say he's got the highest tier of chat gpt sign up or whatever and he's just like that's how he does a dozen <laughs> movies a year he just has chat gpt writes it they go into the studio nine to five for three weeks they have it edited it over the fourth week of the month put out one a, one a month he pulls rob schneider down from his treehouse or whatever in the parking lot <laughs> like they pop in from for his a little pile bit. of dirt or some bullshit i think he's on the outs these days too that guy oh that guy is, is saying some wild shit all right yeah. here's the next one if you saw the hip-hop movie about him and his band you know selling out was always in the cards dr dre fuck that was close real close Easy e. <laughs> god damn it Snoop famous Dog. Famous sellout, Easy E, sold out to dying. I don't know. I so, started... Sold out to the AIDS pandemic. I mean, <laughs> no, not yeah. not those three. Not the Snoop Dogg. Oh wait, I said Snoop Dogg. <laughs> One more, the DOC. <laughs> You're all doing this on purpose now. Yeah. <laughs> One more. Wait, wait, I can't think of. You can't think of I'm anybody missing. else in NWA that you haven't mentioned so far. Who am I missing? It's not like, Dr. Dre. Not Snoop Dogg. Not Easy E. Not the DOC. I can't think of who the other person is. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, uh, maybe we'll just maybe the next clue will help you. Originally, a guy known for being a racist homophobe who only talked about gang life as a means for escape. Why is it like? <laughs> escaping me i can't get it on my brain eventually penned the stoner comedy friday and made his way out to hollywood and never looked back oh ice cube ice cube ice god cube. why couldn't i get that out of my head <laughs> i've never seen this in my life <laughs> oh my god that was really stupid <laughs> ice cube did you win yeah i won oh awesome Good big job. winner <laughs> big fan let's play Question the answers, but my question is just for Joey, I guess. Yep. And me, I guess. I can. I yeah, can you can this. answer some questions. All right. Who's your favorite superhero? Oh, man. Um, Freakazoid. Freakazoid's a good choice. He's second only to the thing. Not the thing's thing. pretty good. The yeah. tick is what I meant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is also a superhero, is he not? From, from the of? Fantastic Four, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not interested in him. <laughs> I'm not interested in the Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, Ben Riley, kick rocks, get out of here. 
Yeah, he was made no, of No, not Ben Riley. Ben So Ben Riley's the Scarlet Spider. Who's the I don't who's know the thing? Not a Marvel guy. Parking up the wrong tree. We'll find out in the next handful of years when we eventually get a Fantastic Four movie. That's true. Uh, who's mine? I don't know. One Punch Man, I guess. That's good enough. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, the Frog Lady from My Hero Academia. She's great. Is she a superhero? Yeah. That, My Hero Academia is all about superheroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know. Well, I guess it says hero, right? There. Yeah. They're all superheroes. Yeah. Go to so, school. Pick an anime. That's that's my my thing. What should the 27th letter of the alphabet be? The that's what Aaron asked of power up the the zero the like a zero with a slash through it. Well, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. What what I sound does it make? Case. What sound does it make? Let's <laughs> already zip. It's not zero. Though. I feel like we should just go back to the well. Let's pull out some of those old Greek letters and just oh, like, yeah. start reusing some those. real squiggles. Yeah, let's get some omegas in there. Let's get some thetas. What would you use them for? You make like like guttural sounds like. <laughs> umlauts oh with umlauts so everything can be like motorhead oh, i think you nailed it right there right there oh with, with umlaut like i don't even want the u with an umlaut i just no, want the o, just the o with the umlaut i need that and it needs to be metal yeah, yeah totally uh what a number is uh aaron thinking of 768.4 nice what is your favorite backyard mine that's a good backyard. It's a good solid one. backyard. Put a lot of work into it. Yeah, yeah. It's this this year, the tier, last previous S-tier years, backyard. it's it's pretty good. Your backyard might be my favorite too. I might like <laughs> it a little bit more than my backyard. Yeah, <laughs> my so, backyard's good. Your backyard. Celine and I have put like a lot of effort into our backyard. Uh, what do you think a bunny hug is? Oh, that's for an American. I know what that is. Yeah. What? what I'm just putting these dear, questions on. I'm just reading what do you, the questions. Dear listener. Think think of yeah. We're not going to tell you. Actually, listen to our next episode because we have a Canadian coming on who is I would call a CanCon expert. Did he also pose this question? Yes, I believe he did. We'll come back to it. He will have the answer. He'll have the answer more than any of us. Uh, Why are Canadians so into boxed macaroni and cheese? I almost want to save that for our next guest as well. I I mean I could brush the surface a little bit yeah with some powdered cheese Uh, and. It might be because it's cheap. Because <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. And got it. We're cheap. It comes in a flat. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I just see people with a like using the flat for other things, and I'm just like, I see you. <laughs> I see you buying 20, the flat. Twenty four boxes of that. Okay. Sick. <laughs> sick. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> they'll do you. They'll do you right. You can buy it at the grocery store. You don't have to go to Costco. Nah. They just have it there. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Checkered Pass. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Checkered Pass Pod, or send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com. Support the pod and get bonus content, including a full-length and unedited video of this episode. Sign up for the Checkerhead Patreon at patreon.com slash checkeredpast. We also have merch available at checkeredpass.ca. Checkered Pass is edited by Ariane and engineered by Joey, and our Scott associate producer is Chris Reeves of Scott Punk International. And until next time, I'm Rob. And I'm Joey. And in the mortal words of Real Big Fish, and this is a serious Easter egg for longtime fans, don't stop skanking. <laughs>